So I thought I'd just ask for questions tonight. Yes. When we talk about the progression of bhakti, it sounds like we're talking about a progression in time. In due course, um, it will become purified. Bhakti, the ingression of bhakti will have. Um, it, Bhakti is not within the jurisdiction of time, so it's not something that is being dictated by a certain amount of time and then you're going to achieve a goal. It's, but, when, but in this world, when we think of it, we're thinking maturing happens in a time. So what is, what is going on as, as, with bhakti that requires some maturation, but it's not having to do with time. It has to do with something else she's doing for us or to us. Um, what what is? Do you understand what? Yeah, I think I understand your your, your questioning. Um, so I'll comment uh, to some extent. The uh, you seem to be talking about the fact that that time is is a factor in this world, or so it appears, and bhakti is transcendental to time, it's eternal. It's said, uh, for example, in Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami's verse, Bengali verse, in which he is reiterating, or yeah, reiterating Rupa Goswami's definition of sadhana, bhakti, defining bhakti was Sindhu, Krishna Prem Nityasiddha Saddhika Bunai Shrabhanadi Sudhachite Kore Udai. Krishna Prem is eternally existing. Saddhika Bunai. It's not um, something that's accomplished, uh, that didn't exist, that exists in time, after time, or in some time, um, like. Um, material things, they come into existence for time and then over time, within time, <laughs> and then they then they d- disappear. So it's not like that, this Krishna Prem. Hmm? And Shabhanadi Sudha Chite, by hearing and chanting, etc., hmm, the consciousness, Chitta becomes Shuddha, and Kodai Udai, the this frame that's eternal existing arises or manifests in the purified heart, the consciousness, Atma, um, the self. So I try to address your concerns through this first. Um, as many far-reaching implications, but um, just with regard to the eternality of bhakti and its eternal perfection, its being beyond time, and the fact that it manifests within us 
under a certain uh, conditions. And the conditions described here is sudhachite, when the consciousness, the heart, chitta becomes pure, means cleansed, Mahabhu has described that there are sevenfold effects, sevenfold effect of Namsankirtan, the first of which is Chetadarpana Marjanam, go cleansing the the chitta, the consciousness. It doesn't mean cleansing the Atma, which can never be dirty, but the medium um, through which self kind of with the subtle body. Hmm. This is what's meant by the chitta. Um, and and then there's a kind of knowing hmm, that results from that. Um, and so it says, in this condition, hmm, then this bhakti, um, known as brain, which is eternal existing, manifests. So it's all happening within the world that is under the jurisdiction of time, but bhakti is transcendental to time. And um, the in sadhana bhakti, then Rupa Goswami's verse, that, as I say, Krishnasa's paraphrasing says as well, that the the the, the goal of the sadhana bhakti is to attain bhava bhakti. Um, and that means that the goal of bhakti is is bhakti. So as we do more bhakti, we get more bhakti. So bhaktiya sanjataya bhaktiya bhakti is independent, and so bhakti begets bhakti. And that has no end. That may have a beginning in our lives, but it has no end. There's no end at which time bhakti stops begetting bhakti. That's why uh, Prem has also been described as being full but ever-increasing. And these things, of course, are contradictory within the range realm of our present experience, but fortunately, um, that's not uh, that's a limited <laughs> uh, uh, realm of experience, hmm? um, where which, which in beyond which the transcendence resolves these apparent contradictions. There are things that don't work in our minds, um, and that's the limitations of our rational faculty capacity to discriminate. So if we want to hold the world in our head, but it doesn't fit. Hmm. This doesn't fit in our head. And that's a very reasonable position to take. Hmm. It takes a very fat head to uh, <laughs> to think that you're going to fit the whole world in, inside of it. And so, so the transcendentalists, they are a small group of people who are of the conviction that there are ways of knowing that transcend the limits of our rational faculty. And um, I've given an example before that the uh, the DNA of the chimpanzee is 
almost exactly the same as the DNA of a human. The difference is, is, is infinitesimal. Hmm. But the result is considerable, we assume, in terms of our capacity to know and fit the world within our head, if you will, and that of the uh, chimpanzee's capacity. So there's every reason to believe that there could be, just from a biological point of view, beings whose DNA is a little different than ours, and more things, other dimensions, for example, can fit within. And just a way of thinking about devas and so forth. Uh, and, and what speak that beyond that, as we, uh, the property used to like to say, that is, there is a land in which uh, the word impossible is not found in the dictionary. Hmm? And that's good to know. So, um, there, Prem is full, but in number, it's always increasing. So that's its nature. Love just feeds on itself and grows. So, now, you don't have any time beyond time, but there, in this, in the limited way, in the, in the way in which it limits here. Time here, in this realm, limits and teaches hmm, as to the limits of the realm. Hmm. Time is also manifest in a spiritual world, but uh, for the sake of sequence hmm, of events. Hmm. Even though each event and each moment, and each second of every, each event is eternal. Hmm? Uh, the example, of course, is given of the sun in in that it's always 12 o'clock somewhere. It's always 12.01, 12.02, somewhere. But from your vantage point, it only lasts for, 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 for 30 seconds, even less than that, right? As soon as it's 12, it's 12.01 point, whatever, um, one second after. Uh, so... Uh, it appears to be limited uh, or whatever, um, uh, but but it's eternally always existing somewhere, something like that. It's a nice example, I think, to help us appreciate the nature of the uh, realm of Leela, Prem, Nityasiddha Krishna Prem. So it's eternally perfect and it's full and ever-expanding at the same time. Um, and this is beyond time. How is it always expanding without time? <laughs> if, if it's one day was less and the next day it's expanding more, but these are not, this is trying to fit our um, uh, range of experience in that um, realm about which we can say only so much because it transcends language as well as logic. That which is said about it by, by reliable people is very useful, very helpful. We should attach ourselves to those descriptions because they're empowered. There are, there are attempts um, by persons who have the experience to put the experience into words and thought and reason and so forth as limited as those mediums are for expressing it, but those become very spiritually charged 
explanations, analogies, uh, words, uh, language, and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, I just say that as an aside almost because sometimes people say, well, Krishna con- God consciousness must transcend culture and, and language and so on and so forth. That doesn't mean that some cultures and some language and some reasoning has spoken, invoked on the part of persons who have standing in that realm is something to dismiss. No, that's very, very helpful for us in this realm that they can take advantage of. Um, so, uh, so in this world, then, we are under the influence of time. Bhakti comes into our life, and I would just soon look at it like I'm saying, that it comes into our life, and it's cultured. It is anushilanam. That means it's an ongoing culture that has no end. Pujapatshira Maharaj used to say, we are all students in this school forever. So there's a sense in in monistic Vedanta that we should we should start being and stop trying to become because you already are more than what you're trying to become. We're trying to become happy. We're trying to become secure. We're trying to be. Period. But you are. The answer is Satchit Ananda. So. Um, so stop trying to become and just be. But within bhakti, there is being and becoming at the same time. Hmm. So it's a transcendental uh, becoming because bhakti is outside of the atma. Hmm. It's um, it's a, the internal shakti of Krishna. It can make its ingress into the, 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 the life of the, of the fortunate jiva and then it can, it, it it can become, if you will, all that it has the potential to become. As I often say, it has a nature that lends itself to to nurture. If it's nurtured by bhakti, then it can become all that it um, can be. So that's a different idea. And uh, of course, we agree. That otherwise, we're trying to become constantly. All the, which which we are, in terms of our material pursuits, but there is some becoming, with regard to bhakti. It's um, it's outside of the self, in a sense, but um, in another sense, it's it's more of what the self is 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 about. It, much the self is about eternality, and and it's it's a, it's a unit of knowing. I mean, it, it means it has the power to know apprehend and to uh, and to experience so bhakti is an experience we have the power to experience so we can have the experience of bhakti uh, Krishna is something to be known so we have the power to know and 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 then what is his nature the soul of someone again so um, at any rate uh, uh, bhakti, sadhana bhakti cleanses the heart when so when the heart is cleansed then then uh, there's it's a suitable place for another 
aspect of bhakti to manifest fully. So the, the kind of active aspect of anushilanam in terms of bhakti playing herself out on our senses, hearing, chanting, serving uh, in, in, in a temple and so on and so forth. Sadhana bhakti is characterized by the senses being employed in bhakti. Bhakti descends, the opportunity comes, and our senses become engaged in bhakti, and we're kind of like bhakti um, sadhakas or interns or something like that, apprentices. And uh, some emotional... um, the emotional content of bhakti uh, may may present itself in an abhas, or, or more likely, we take our emotions and try to try to invest our emotional sensibilities in bhakti, kind of metaphorically. You know, we give our give our heart, we try, to, uh, and so forth. As I say, um, that that eternal prem, then it it. Manifests, I guess you could say, in ways that are appropriate to the circumstance. So, it will appear to an impure heart in a way that will purify the heart. When the heart becomes purified, chitta becomes purified. It then it becomes a suitable place for the emotional aspect of bhakti to manifest, bhava, and then the. Praying is, is really just a churning of the bhava. Hmm? So, and, and that goes on and on and on. You can call it praying, then you call it sneha, man, pranai, rag, and rag, bhav, mahabhav, uh, this kind of mahabhav, that kind of mahabhav. And, and uh, it's almost like we'll stop there for now. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, it, it's beyond, beyond time. We're within time. Hmm. And on its own time, which means it's beyond time, hmm. it manifests appropriately according to the circumstances. Hmm. The verse is an important verse uh, that uh, is often um, uh, thought to say, probably since the time of Bhaktivedanta. Bhaktivedanta was an innovator, as we know, and he and he took some license to present the teachings in certain ways in, in light of the time he was in and and um, the task that he saw before him to interface with the Western world hmm, on the one hand and to um, bring dignity to the Gaudiya tradition on the other hand, which in his estimation was, was lacking. He himself admitted to have grown up thinking that the, the Gaudiya people were not real sadhus and the Bhagavatam was where the sacred texts of the, of the Hindus went south. Hmm? Because in the Bhagavatam, the god becomes an adulterer, it would seem, on its face, on its on the surface. And that's how it was being read by the Europeans who were you know, dominating India at the time. But, of course, when he came in touch with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, 
response to the Bhagavatam and understanding of the Bhagavatam, seeing the moral character of, of Chaitanya Mahabhu, which was is, was impeccable, and that this moral character was a byproduct of his absorption in the transcendental uh, adultery of Krishna. <laughs> he thought this must be some, must be transcendental. It's different, and so obviously then the underlying uh, canvas of philosophy and theology that uh, puts the, uh, the Krishna's Rasalila in uh, in spiritual light. He imbibed that, relished that, and to the surprise of many of the people in the think tank of of educated. Hindus at the time in Calcutta, which was the headquarters of the British as well, he didn't join any other group, but he joined the Gaudiya group, which was, well, why would he, he was an educated and pious man, <laughs> why would he do that? So he had the two sides, one side is to interface with the West and present it in consideration of perhaps obviously ways in which they were thinking about things and so forth, and also then... Um, with regard to how it was being misrepresented and his rep- estimate, estimate and uh, estimation and, uh, and there's some history to that to document that his perception of the tradition um, was accurate in terms of how it was perceived by the Hindu public hmm. I'm speaking of the European public if a Godia person came to the door then a pious Hindu would say give him some, some rice and send him away nothing to learn from that from those people so, um, and, and one of the things that apparently um, was prominent was the idea that certain persons were, could trace their family lineage to some of the eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like uh, Advaita, Nityananda, the Vamsas, the families, the lineages, and um, and on the basis of that um, seminal lineage, if you will, they claimed spiritual um, standing on that alone, and there are some statements to the effect of of um, that. For this many generations, you know, the, the followers of this person will be, you know, liberated or whatnot. So they 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 took um, made some miles out of those statements, and um, obviously, it is not the teaching that by. Um, um, birth in a family connected to one of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you become an associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu necessarily. Indeed, we find the, the case in, 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 uh, with regard to Advaita Acharya that some of his sons were rejected by him. They were just as much his sons as the, as the others, but they didn't embrace properly in his estimation that the teachings that, that that Krishna, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was was the uh, 
the source of Advaita, the venerable object of Advaita. This was their deviation. They wanted Advaita to be, and so Advaita rejected them. <laughs> um, that was their Maya. <laughs> it's subtle. <laughs> but uh, at, at any rate, um, that the at the time of Bhaktivinoda, one of the ways in which this became a little unbecoming was that persons in one of these lineages who was less than qualified didn't understand the philosophy um, in depth as a a teacher, as a guru must to teach, um, claimed spiritual um, um, seniority position and, and so forth um, and and then used that to abuse persons and um, exploit them really and, and, and make a living off of them. I mean there are statements uh, that we, we hear were made like, if uh, if I tell you to drink my urine, hmm? I come from Nityananda's family. If, if I tell you to drink my urine, that would be good for you. And you know, the general people are uh, uh, gullible, and yeah, and, and 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 so on. And so they um, in, in conducted themselves in ways that sadhus like Bhakti Vinod and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur took uh, exception to. And uh, so this plays out in terms of the uh, the verse and how Bhaktivinod uh, and successors of Bhaktivinod seem to talk about it um, in the in that some of the um, these so called charges and so forth, they would say, you, if you don't come to me hmm, you cannot get your swarup. So I will give you the swarup. And um, after all, the swarup comes from the guru, from sadhusanga, bhakti. But how it does that, of course, that's an important point. By karanam guna sangha syo sarasadhyona It's no different spiritually. Hmm? This is a statement from the Gita about as you associate, so you become. So we are of a nature that lends itself to nurture. Hmm? In this case, the Gita is speaking about, you know, well, both things, malnurture and and, 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 and actual nurture. You know, if you associate with the Rajaguna and Tamaguna, then uh, that's going to lead to impiety. If you associate with Sattvaguna, it's going to lead to piety and clarity and, and so forth. And obviously, I mean, it comes again and again and again and again and again and again and again, that sadhu sangha is is the birth, the janma of bhakti. Hmm? This is the phrase or the way it's explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Bhakti gives bhakti as we began. Bhakti sanjataya bhaktiya. So, so by association with bhakti, which means association with bhaktas, what does Vishwanath Chakriti Thakur say? Where does bhakti come from? He gives a long, 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 long argument. It doesn't come from here. It can't come from here. It can't come from there. Uh, and in an effort to explain bhakti as a tattva that's independent. Hmm? And ultimately he concludes bhakti comes from bhakti. He says that bhakti comes 
manifests in the heart of Madhyam Bhaktas, who are characterized by discrimination in terms of how they interact with the public. And, and with the general public, they interact by way of sharing bhakti with them, hmm? teaching them. And uh, and so bhakti comes from their hearts to others. So you could say, well, so bhakti comes from devotees, from sadhusanga, but sadhusanga is bhakti. Sadhusanga is one of the limbs of So bhakti comes from bhakti. And this is the particular limb that it comes from, from sadhusanga. Hmm? Um, so that's a pretty strong and clear case that he makes there. Hmm? Um, and uh, Rupa Goswami, of course, this comes up in, in Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu as well, where he speaking about the different stayibhavs um, and towards the end of that chapter, I believe, he makes the case that there is a hierarchy that, that when we talked about this the other night, from Dasi to Sak, from Santa to Dasi to Sakya to Vatsalya to Madhurya, there are, there are more elements included hmm? as we go from Shanta to Dasi. There's two elements in Shanta that are included in Dasya plus something more and then whatever there in Shanta, in Dasya is included in Sakya and then more and then so forth up to Madhurya. But as I pointed out the other night, it doesn't mean that the Madhurya Bhaktas have Dasya Rasa, Shanta Rasa, Sakya Rasa, Matsali Rasa in them. And so gopis sometimes decide to be Sakas and sometimes decide to taste Matsali Rasa. It does, the example, and I pointed this out the other night, is that the Rupa Goswami gives to explain this, is that there's earth, um, water, fire, air, and ether. And each of them contains from, starting at the other end, from ether, what the previous one contains and something more. So in ether there's sound, and in, and in air there's sound and touch. And in fire there's sound, touch, and, and sight. In water there's sound, touch, sight, and taste. And in earth there's sound, touch, taste, sight, and smell. Hmm? So in Madhurya Rasa, there are all these ingredients. But having earth is not having water. <laughs> having water is not having fire. Hmm? Having air is, 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 is not having... Um, and so forth. The other element, sound, or, or any of the other. Each is unique in itself. Each is different in that they have more complex, they have more components. Hmm? So, therefore the same holds true. I've explained that some cowherd boys of Krishna have a desire, they have an attraction to the Madhurya Rasa, which is compatible with Sakya Rasa. So we, when you have it, when a devotee of a particular Rasa hmm, has an attraction to another Rasa that is compatible, then that, second, that, that other Rasa becomes a acts like a sanchari bhav and augments the 
bhava for this, this instance of the coward boys. So there's a there's a mixture in that sense, um, Mishra hmm, of Madhurya and and uh, and Sakya, but um, uh, it's not that the coward boys are uh, engaged in the, the Priyanaramas who have this attraction engaged in Madhurya Rasa like the gopis they they are, they can be sympathetic towards it they may have some empathy for krishna and radha hmm, in their romantic uh, plight um, uh, and so forth and so on and similarly for the gopis gopis can get attracted to to they can be attracted to sakuras that's compatible and it will act in a certain way to influence their madhurya rasa hmm. So each one is is complete unto itself. I say this because sometimes people say, "Well, probably with Madhurya Rasa, but you know, Gopi sometimes they don't want to taste Sakya Rasa, and Sakya Rasa is inside of Madhurya Rasa." That's not the proper understanding. Hmm? But as I'm explaining it, that is how Rupa Goswami has explained it. So, at any rate, I'm not sure how I got there, but um, but um, uh, inside of the jiva, there's no rasa, period. Uh, but by sadhusanga, it becomes possible. Are you making a point, or? No, I'd like to ask a question. Okay, just just one sec. Uh, so by sadhusanga, it becomes uh, we have that opportunity. Who we associate with, so we become like. If we associate with sadhus of dasi rasa, then that will come within us. Rupa Goswami said, "This is what I was explaining." There's a hierarchy within the rasas, hmm? as I'm explaining, like earth, water, fire, air, ether. And, uh, and Madhurya rasa is most complete in that sense. Hmm? But then he says, then, but the question may arise, well, okay, fine, then everybody should choose that one. But they don't. Why don't they choose that one? And then he answers this, because the choices are made by by association, hmm? in other words, by basanas, by sangskars, by impressions that result from association. Association is, is, is not without effect. That's why we should be careful who we associate with. Hmm? So if we associate with sadhus, and as time goes on, of course, our association will be more important to cultivate a particular mood and so forth. Hmm? So at any rate, as we associate with, we can associate with Prabhupada, for example, his disciples, and not know anything about these things. It doesn't mean they're not being influenced by them. He may be teaching you're not the body, but you're also getting a sangskar for whatever kind of bhakti he's he's carrying. It's behind his his movements that's that's really animating him, moving him, hmm? or another sadhu, and so forth. Hmm? Another sadhu may explain it. I'm about this. Another may not, but still the influence is, is there. Prabhupada was a little tight-lipped about it, and it's it's pretty understandable. I mean, uh, given the, the time and the circumstance and the level of understanding of the of his uh, students, hmm? you didn't tell everything at once, and you wouldn't either. Hmm? You get a new bhakti here, you're going to sit him down and say, "You're actually a handmaiden of Radha, about 14 years old." You wear a blue sari and this, and you know, 
very important that you understand this. He might, you know, not he might lose interest. Uh, so, <laughs> preaching is an is an art. Um, so at any rate, as I say, Rupa Goswami explains the reason that everybody doesn't choose Madhuri Rasa because everybody's not influenced in the same way. Everybody doesn't have the same scars. And scars. there's a scholar, Haberman, who did a translation of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and there's a footnote to this, and he explains samskaras as material samskaras. It's a total misunderstanding of the verse. Um, obviously, material samskaras are not even part of the solution. They are the problem. Hmm? Our material tendencies that come from associating with the gunas are the problem. They are what needs to be cleansed out of the citta. That it'll become shuddha. That bhava might might manifest there. Hmm? So it's never going to be determined by our material samskaras. So what kind of samskar? Well, bhakti samskaras. And of course, in the commentary, Vishnu makes the point clear: we develop a certain taste because of uh, in this life because of association with the taste in the previous life. He gives an example of fruits, I think, or taste, sweet, bitter, pungent. Hmm? So, kid may wake, one kid's born has a tendency for likes likes bitter, the one likes sweets. So the karmic explanation, of course, is well, because of the previous life's association, he developed that. That tendency is coming, and so he says it is with bhakti that because of associating with the devotee and dasya rasa, etc., in the previous life, that rasa and that rasa alone will appear in one in in this life. Depending, I could say, how strong that influence is in comparison to other maybe competing influences of other sadhus. So, But at some point it's going to crystallize and it's all a result of sadhu-sangha. So, now, if I'm, you know, 22nd generation Nityananda Vamsa and... Uh, and uh, if you don't associate with me, you cannot get what Nityananda was about. And I've got the, uh, by my association, you get the sarup. I've got it right here, actually, right here. It's in my, it's in my meditation here. I can just close my eyes, and Nityananda Prabhu will tell me, "You are such and such. This is your gopi form or gopa form." Um, but first, you got to drink my urine if you want it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Bhakti Vinod, it was this, this is kind of like a selling of swaroops, if you will. And um, so he didn't, uh, was one of the things that concerned him, apparently, with regard to the way in which Gaudiya Vaishnava was, was being misrepresented. Now, it's not entirely being misrepresented there, as I, as I labored to explain. We get the bhava by association. Hmm? Um, but it has to be the right kind of association. There's a talk of Siddha Pranali. Pranali means a line, a line of Siddhas. Pujapachita Mishra, that's good as long as they're Siddhas. <laughs> Just a line is not very good. We can call it the line of Siddhas, but they have to be Siddhas. Um, so, <laughs> otherwise it's just a line. <laughs> and, and um, so he objected to this, and he basically said, he said that 
love of God is in your heart, chant, and it will come out. And he emphasized Harinam. And by Harinam, externally chanting, in due course, the mind will become arrested, the heart will become cleansed by the chanting. As the heart becomes cleansed, the mind can concentrate, and then it can chant, and it can be still, and go within, and relish, and find, through meditation, all that is within the name. If we chant the name and our mind's fleeting here, then we're obviously not able to take advantage of the name entirely. We're not... We're chanting, it's having an effect. It's having an effect that's cleansing the heart, that in due course, when the heart's cleansed, proportionally, the mind will be able to pay attention. That's what meditation is. Focus, become fixed on Krishna's nam. Krishna nam. That's non-different from Krishna. Hmm? And so... Everything will be found there. His rupa is there. His guna is there. His leela is there. Hmm? Um, and so the meditation becomes progressive. From, for example, japa is a form of smarnam. So there's nam smarnam, guna smarnam, rupa smarnam, leela smarnam, and it all will arise in the context of chanting because the guna, the rupa, the leela are all in the nam, are all in the name. Hmm? Nowadays, there's a there's, it's common for people to say, hey, you know, you've been chanting, don't you think you ought to start doing Raganuga Bhakti now? Hmm? Start adding in this meditation and think about what you might, you know, be, um, and then you've got to start cultivating that mentally, absorbing, you've got to meditate on your surup and so on and so forth. Um, <laughs> and... Um, This is the is another nuance, you know, nuance of a really misunderstanding that has unfortunate implications, ramifications, and um, the the idea of bhakti siddhanta and bhakti vinod, which seems different than some of some of the lineages, not all of them are like this, but some of them that are advocate. Uh, Leela Smaranam and get your Swarup now from the Guru and so forth and so on, which is a, something that could be done. It's, it's not the only way in which this, uh, you, you will realize that the, the, the attain Prem Bhakti. Nam is the way of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's perfect and complete. Um, there's no, there's, you can't argue against that. You try to argue against that, you make a fool out of yourself. That's, that's, the name Nam is perfect and Nam will bring about internal life. And that's what meditation is about. One is in a suitable situation, position, to meditate. It will happen naturally, spontaneously. It's not as... Bhakti Siddhanta was against the kind of a forced idea of that. Hmm? Um, kind of a mental... Now, yeah, we should try to remember Krishna's pastimes, think about them, meditate on the form of Krishna. We're not uh, objecting to that and so forth. But it's just, the, the fact is that there are stages of progress. And chanting will bring us to the different stages. And in some stages, the capacity to meditate and do internal bhakti is, um, becomes possible. And in other stages, it doesn't. 
in an Ishtabhajana Kriya, it's not really possible. Hmm? Um, so, so, this is very like down to earth. And um, it was a strong emphasis of Bhakti Vinod and Bhakti Siddhanta, more so about, even by Bhakti Siddhanta, who was. Who was Bhakti Vinod was like in like a needle, and Bhakti Siddhanta, under his order, was out like a plow, so to speak. But then again, relative to this issue, the uh, Saraswati Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, said, "Hey, chant and and the name will reveal." It doesn't mean that you won't meditate. You won't follow an eternal associate of Braj. All those things are there, but in in due course, there will be appropriate time to you'll be qualified hmm, to incorporate all the that constitutes Raghunuga Bhakti in your life. Hmm? Therefore, Rupa, Jiva Goswami is given the nice term Ajata Ruchi, Raghunuga Bhakti. He says one doesn't really have Ruchi which is his word that he uses in the Sandarbhas for Lobha, the word of Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. But you have, attra- you have attraction for the ideal, having had that association, the ideal of Vrindavan Bhakti and so forth, then you, in, you, 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 you grow that in the culture of Vaidhi Bhakti, the Angas of Vaidhi Bhakti, hearing, chanting, hmm? And according to your eligibility, then you employ or engage in uh, the um, the different aspects of Raghunuga Bhakti, hmm? like Leela Smaranam from the perspective of one Sarup and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you could be told you're such and such and you should do like this. And, and so on. I mean, we wish them the best, you know, but um, it wasn't exactly what... Uh, and some people seem to do well with that. Not, not a lot, but not a lot do well with any... You know, it takes time. So, um, Bhakti Vinod is a good example. We like to follow his example. But he made this kind of... Um, uh, he preached in this way. And when you want to distance yourself from a problem... Hmm? by a particular preaching strategy, it may turn out that in due course you, you also created another problem. But if you have a parampara, you haven't because it'll be corrected and, and so forth. And so, uh, like I said before, there's the crack in the sidewalk could become the Grand Canyon if you're not, not careful. And now I've heard teachers say, inside the jiva there's a form and he has legs and arms and he's a gopa or a gopi or... Or whatnot. These are. This is a problematic idea from a number of perspectives. It would mean that the jiva is constituted to some extent of the sarup shakti, which is not taught. They're independent, different shaktis, because bhakti is constituted of the sarup shakti. It would mean that if the jiva has a personality, um, independent of, well would mean that there's bhakti and the jiva, same idea, problem, and it would mean also that there was partiality on God's part, because some are dasi bhaktas, they go to vaikuntha, some are shanta bhaktas. What, what about the the uh, sayuja bodies? Those who want sayuja, where's their personality? Hmm. Um, 
well, that's another thing, we'll go into that a little bit, but the idea is that, that, that and what's the meaning of the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? If I'm giving you a gift that you already have, and I'm giving it to everybody, but other people have something else already, then how does it, how do they get the gift? Hmm? Right? If you want to say in, if you want to say in general, if you want to say the gift is Manjari Bhava, well, not everybody has it inherent. Hmm. They are the Vaikuntha Bhaktas. If you want to say it's Braj Bhakti, be more general. Hmm? Um, still, not everybody has that. That's definitely the gift. You can't deny that. If you want to say, well, it's not only, you know, Manjari Bhava, there could be Sakuras people. We see them in the lineage. and Okay, fine, good. But that's the gift. Braj Bhakti. Hmm. That's what Chaitanya Charitamrita is about. Krishna is saying, I'm bored with this Vaidhi Bhakti. It's not doing anything for me. So I'd like to bestow Braj Bhakti on the world. That's what makes me tick. That's what turns me on. That That's when Mother Yasoda chastises me. That's like nectar to my ears compared to the Vedas. Makes Vedas sound like noise. The recitation of the Vedas sound like noise comparatively. Hmm. So this is very extraordinary, and obviously the gates to Mahabhaikuntha are being opened. Hmm? It's it, it a great dispensation, the great gift. But what, what is the value of the gift if you already got it? You're inherently a Vaikuntha Bhakta, hmm? of Shantarasa. It's not for everybody. Hmm? So that's a problem. And then, you know, if there's, as they say, if, if they... If, if the souls have different inherent uh, differences that determine their spirituality hmm, in their constitution, that would also have play out in terms of their karmic life, hmm, their choices. Hmm. And so that's one of the arguments against the, the or questions as to the partiality of God. Hmm in a sense. They're all equal, so there's no partiality there. If they're all different, well, wait a minute, you know. Of course, you don't may not say, well, God didn't make them, they just are different, each each one of them. But still, then there's a, then, then, then there's a problem. Hmm? Right? Certain people, because they're different, and, and you have that in Madhva. Madhva Sampradaya, you have tamasic souls, rajasic souls, and only the sattvic jivas can get mukti. Hmm? And he maintains that there's 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 something different about his jiva that's not the doctrine of of Baladev Bijabushan who came from the Madhvas to the Gaudias in the Vedanta Sutra. Where he could have said that, he doesn't say that. Hmm? Um, and you now the Paramatma is the source, if you will, of the Jiva Tattva, and he's characterized by Neutrality, impartiality, fairness, right? Which is what most people would think God should be like. The fact that he's impartial, he's partial to his devotees, then that's another thing. That's an ornament. You know, that's, he's controlled by bhakti. What can be done? That's his nature. Wow, that's he's got a. That's nice to know. Um, so, so we come from the paramatma. He's impartial. They're all different, they're individuals, 
So this is an important point also because people say, well, if, if the jiva doesn't have its own distinct individual personality, that's impersonalism. No, no, you don't understand Gaudiya Vedanta in terms of jiva tattva at all. What we're saying about the jiva tattva is entirely different and opposed to what the way to Vedanta says about the jiva, which is there is no jiva. First of all, there is no jiva. There is no. That's an illusion. Hmm? Neither is is and the jiva is one with Brahman, which is all there is. Hmm? And neither is Brahman have the other qualities of the real jiva as presented by uh, Jiva Goswami and uh, our other acharyas. Um, uh, so it's not. We're not saying it has nothing to do with impersonal. It's saying it's saying the jiva is this like it, it. It has the. It's not like matter. Unconscious, unknowing. It doesn't know everything. Hmm? It knows things by way of sattva guna in this world. It doesn't know everything. If you take the sattva guna, remove the gunas, the, the jiva doesn't know everything. It's a power to know. It has. It, it's the substratum of knowing and knowledge, without which you can't have any knowing. Hmm? And then, then it's it's light, it's it's luminosity. As I said, it's luminous, but it. It sheds light on other things. It does that by way of its reflecting on the chitta hmm, with the subtle body. Hmm, and that becomes in, in sattva. And then there's a kind of knowing, that intelligibility. Things become knowable to the atma. Hmm? Hmm? And the same holds on the other side from, from, from the spiritual world, knowing Krishna. Hmm? It has a capacity to know. <laughs> it has will. Will means will means independent, because I could have two units of will and offer them the same thing, and there's no law that one will choose. They both choose the same thing. Will is free. Will is independent. Right? Now we're not units of entirely free will, and we're like a farmer who has the free will to sow the seeds, but he doesn't have the power to make it rain. He's dependent upon that. So, it said, nothing moves without a blade of grass means, well, if God doesn't sanction it, it's not going to happen. He may not sanction everything that you will, but it's not that he that he wants everything to happen and he's doing it, but... He might not get in the way of it. Hmm? Um, so there is a kind of a, a determinism and a free will in a compatibilist yeah. situation where they're compatible with one another. Hmm? We're a unit of will, but in order for us to realize our will or our desire, we're dependent on other factors. Gita explains this as well. Mm-hmm. And the overarching factor, of course, is, is, is Krishna, mm-hmm. uh, is God. So, um, so the jiva is, is very uh, special. It's, it, each one is individual, unit of will, and uh, therefore, if you get influenced by Madhurya Rasa and of, of Gaudiya Sampradaya, then you become a handmaiden of Radha, and you'll be different from every other handmaiden. 
Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you'll have the same bhava, but within that there will be variety also. Like I said, they're all the coward boys, the gopis, they have desires. They're all within what's called the sarup shakti, which is all compl- entirely focused on pleasing Krishna. So all of their independent desires are arising out of a personality that's derived from one desire to, pl- to please Bhagwan only. Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhakti Right? Using the senses to serve the senses of Krishna. That's brain. And so, uh, so you, you, you know, I hear this kind of thing. Sounds like you're saying that the jeev is not a person. Well, look up in the dictionary. What's a person? What's a personality? Hmm? Look up the word. What is a personality? You know, it's that by which you know qualities, desires. One is distinguished from another, something like that. So, as I've often said, it requires an environment. Hmm? What's the environment of the jiva? Well, the tatasta shakti has two possible environments. He could exist in either one, the material environment or the spiritual environment. Hmm? And so where are the, where are the, where's the personality going to come from? If it's, to, if, it's to, if, it's, if it's based on choices, if there's nothing to choose. It's already there. So some jivas like peanut butter and some like jelly. And that's how, that, how it is. No. Obviously, the whole material personality is based on some scars, influence, karnam, gunasangaso, sadasa, jyonisham. So as you associate, so you become. Hmm? Right? So the whole material personality is obviously arising in one sense entirely out of the environment, but in another sense, out of the jiva, because the jiva has the capacity to apprehend, to experience, to be an agent of action, make some choices and so forth. So that's very important. It's hardly in talking about some like empty thing. Matter's empty, flat. <laughs> the jiva is, is alive, it has will, it has, uh, uh, it's, it's eternal, uh, and so forth. So without that, matters nothing. Hmm? But but in relation to matter, then it expresses itself. So in relation to bhakti, hmm, the influence of bhakti, then it has a new environment to express itself in. Hmm? And of course, that's a spiritual environment. Hmm? It is such an on the anu, and now it's in touch with... Um, the entirety of Satchitananda and the and the and the, and the, and the, the, the Swarup Shakti, and so um, it develops its its you can say its personality because now it is all that it can be in that environment. Hmm? Um, and you know you can say well, as I have before, the jiva can only be understood in fully in terms of its potential. So you can say, yeah, it's, it's a person. It, it's it's an eternal servant of Krishna, has a sarup and everything, hmm? because that's its potential. Of course, it has to act on its potential. If it decides to go to Brahma Sayuja, well, then you see what it is, <laughs> without the environment. Hmm? And what do we call that? Spiritual suicide. So, what happened to the person in Brahma Sayuja that was 
that it was inherent in, inherent in the jiva. So you see, this is important. People don't even understand Mayavad philosophy, and they're talking about rasa. They haven't even understood Mayavad philosophy, which is like day one, 101, we're not that, and this is why. And they call it impersonalism, and you're talking about jiva tattva and, 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 and all that uh, Prem Bhakti constitutes. And they're labeling it Mayavad. And then they want to say that you know that they're experiencing their swaroops. There are some people doing this. I mean, it's it's so it's like you realize they're not realizing their swaroops. They're like you know, they're they're not they're not submitting themselves to teachers and teachings in an ongoing way with their heart, knowing that there's something for them to learn, and it's learned by service and surrender, not just by picking and choosing here and and. And and um, and so forth. Therefore, you know, you can learn just by being told do this by a sadhu. Hmm? Sometimes more than by information and so forth, and, uh, and, and, and or just approaching the teacher and the teachings with that in mind. This is very important. What happens is you get this mental mental bhakti, hmm? and. Um, and then, in some instances, you get a Prabhupada who's not really, you know, Prabhupada. It's like, it's like Prabhupada is a taken out of the Sampradaya, practically. There's no real future to him worth listening to, unless you have to, you know. And 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 if if the if the if the speaker did it right, of course, he mentioned Prabhupada's name this many times. <laughs> if he didn't, you know, he's, they're counting. Hmm? And then there's no past in that. You know, well, Rupa Goswami may have said Jiva Goswami, but Prabhupada said this. You know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, my gurus have said this. This is the whole, the, 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 the beauty of the Guru Parampara. By having a real guru in the Parampara, like it's a contemporary person today, you have also Prabhupada, Bhakti Vinod, you have Rupa Goswami. Jiva Goswami, you just got you just got the key to go in and, and and study their books and so on and so forth and and so on. There's something to be you said to be some precedent to the to the present Acharya and Prabhupada made a statement like don't step over or something like that. Learn through him, you know that's true, but that's distorted uh, to say. Therefore, you, you know, there's no there's no you can't read Rupa Goswami's books or or if you find something in Prabhupada's books that contradicts Rupa Goswami's books, then obviously Rupa Goswami didn't fully get it, and Prabhupada was the new installment, fully got it. Well, if he fully got it on some point that you're, you're finding a contradiction, you have to demonstrate that. Hmm? In the way that Rupa Goswami demonstrated his particular point. Hmm? You can't just say, my guru said it like this. And, and So there may be instances where the guru said it and it's different from Rupa Goswami or Jiva Goswami for reasons other than it being the new insight, maybe, as I said, as a preaching strategy that Bhaktivinoda Thakur invoked. And over time, you may have repeated it, and it may not have been an issue, and it may not be useful, but in time, its usefulness, as all preaching strategies are, um, has, has reached its, its limit. 
And, um, you know, people don't like the idea sometimes of preaching strategies, but as we said, there's this, like, you, you just take a look, they're everywhere. Jiva <laughs> Goswami, what was it was, he was saying in Sattva Sandarva, that Sridhar Swami, the famous Sridhar Swami, commentator in Bhagavad that Mahaprabhu liked, that he had cast a net, right? And he was baiting with all the Mayavad statements in his commentary. He was trying to draw in the Mayavadis. Hmm? And with his Vaishnav statements, commentaries, he was trying to draw them in with the net of the Mayavad stuff so that they would come and hear the Vaishnav stuff. That's the preaching strategy of Sridhar Swami. Yes, uh, so, who's going to complain with that? Jiva Swami with the Svakiya, Parakiya. I said the other night, three quarters of the Vedas are a preaching strategy. Right? Pravritti Marg. Mm-hmm. Do this and you'll get an apple here. You know, you get a carrot, you go to heaven. Just to get them involved. Mm-hmm. According to where they're at. So, that's, that's, that's preaching. Mm-hmm. And it's also preaching to understand that. <laughs> When it's taken place, and, and to and to weigh in on it, when when the crack, you know, is useful, but when it starts turning into a Grand Canyon, it's like leaving you with a long leap now to get you know to to the other side, and there's this devastating valley in between that uh, you could be leading people to. Follow me, and down we go. <laughs> um, and then you become opposed to the actual teaching. You start calling. Jiva Tattva, as explained by Jiva Goswami, Mayavad philosophy. I mean, where are you going to get with that? Hmm? You have no ear to hear it because you already know everything because you're Prabhupada's disciple. You, know? <laughs> you haven't even learned from anybody because Prabhupada gave you everything. Hmm? And I made my claim like that, and, and, it, and I've been doing it for a few years now, and I'm going to keep it up. You know, We're special. Hmm? Yeah, you are, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Very special piece of work. <laughs> that's uh, not good. Not good. So it's important for us to understand. That's why it's, you know, we emphasize some of these points um, and um, make the point and, and seek to bring dignity to our lineage that it, that it warrants and, um, and understand it in context and what the contributions are. I mean, you know, Prabhupada's contribution was a, was immense and and unique and extraordinary, and at the same time, you know, by his grace, he left some things to be done. Like I said, I consider myself like a pencil sharpener. Only Prabhupada wrote it down. Some some place, some places, the pen needed a little sharpening. Pencil, that's all. Hmm. <coughs> he that's. <laughs> That's his kindness. He left something for us to do, and sometimes a little pencil sharpening can be pretty important. And just one one section won't change anything, right? <laughs> Don't change anything. I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean? It applies to himself. Don't change anything, Prabhupada. Yes, I know. I did that for a reason. You can change it back now. Yeah, that's. I mean, he taught us. For example, that his credibility derived from repeating it as it is, and he also told us sometimes that you know by hook or by crook you sell the book, and the mother tells the child, you know, close your eyes, I'll give you some candy, and then puts the medicine in the mouth. And I mean, 
that's our lineage. <laughs> and so, um, so he, in places where he's doing that, you might you might want to point out that was actually a track. You know, he had a purpose in mind there. And and how can we say? Because this is what Rupa Goswami says here. And so, let's bring it together now and understand it in a more mature way. And and then it enhances our appreciation for for Prabhupada. Otherwise, you don't do that. You start presenting Prabhupada. And with a, such a misunderstanding, then other people who don't have the misunderstanding start thinking, oh, because he didn't know the philosophy here or something. That doesn't bring dignity. So there's only a couple of points like that here, like you didn't fall from Vaikuntha and the bhakti's not inherent in the jiva, which are related. If bhakti's inherent in the jiva, then it must, it must have been in Vaikuntha, I guess. <laughs> right? So now you got here. And I was reading Brave Bhagavatamritan and uh, just as a side, uh, Sanatana Goswami was saying that certain associates of Narayan are Nitya Siddhas and some like Jai Vijaya are Sadhana Siddhas. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Once going there, one never returns. That only applies, you know. <laughs> oh. They say, they misunderstand that verse. So. Hmm. Good one, huh? <laughs> so you had a comment? Oh, what time is it? It's time for more bhakti, huh? <laughs> bhakti and time with where it started, so... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Rakshak Sri Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Sri Gaurada Manabha ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Binda ki jai, Gaur Premanamdi, Thank you.